Hello everybody, my name is Athena and you are here for another episode of Vanished in the Valley. That little message you just heard was the final words of a man named Darren Russell to his parents. And what he said on this message was, I'm scared. I want to get out of here. I've never been this scared in my life. So sit back and get ready and I'm going to tell you about the murder of Darren Russell. Now, because you're listening to Vanished in the Valley, I'm sure you figured out at this point that the murder story I'm about to tell you about is not just your run-of-the-mill murders. Because Darren was actually murdered in China, and his mother believes that she's been lied to not only from the Chinese officials, but she also believes the State Department has gotten their grubby little fingers involved in the case and tried to muddy up what exactly happened to her son. Because if you read the official report from China, it says Darren was actually hit by a car while trying to cross four lanes of traffic on a highway, nonetheless. And it just so happens his parents got this message four hours before he was supposedly killed by the car on the freeway. And the funny thing is, the fruit truck ran from the scene and no one was ever able to question this person. So we got a lot to go over. We're going to kind of start from the beginning so you get a full picture of this nightmare that Darren's mother has been going through. So here we go, guys. The day after Thanksgiving in 2004, Darren left for Guangzhou, China to teach English, check this out, seven days a week to 1,200 elementary school and secondary school children. And Darren kind of had a love for the Chinese culture and the Chinese people, and he really felt like he could make a difference in these children's lives. So no one, no one in his family, not his friends, colleagues, no one could talk him out of this. People were just, you know, they were going to miss him. He would be on the other side of the world. So he gets to China and immediately they put him to work and he gets bronchitis. And as you know, with all this lung problem going on with the kabobo, that stuff can get super serious super fast. So he continued to work in spite of his sickness. And not long after he started his job at this Chinese school, he discovered it was actually an illegal school. In addition, the owner of the school seized his passport and held it illegally, never got him a work permit visa, and did not provide him with a letter of intention. And guys, this is China in 2004. They are not fucking around with that kind of stuff. They could literally throw him in prison. So that was like a big issue. It was very dangerous for him to even continue on working there. But he did because of his love for these children. And he felt like he'd be abandoning them almost if he decided to leave. Darren told the owner he would notify the police and reportedly, the owner became extremely angry. Darren was very ill at the time, and the owner of the secondary school had him removed from his apartment and driven to a hotel of her choosing that was located two hours outside of the city. So can you imagine, you guys, you're in a foreign country, you're in some like dispute with the person that got you the job there, and suddenly they've taken you out of your apartment and shipped you out two hours out into the countryside to some hotel you don't even know. You're, you've never even been there before. 
So at approximately 7.02 a.m., and that was Pacific Standard Time, a call was received on Darren's father's cell phone with a voice message from Darren, and that's the one you heard at the beginning, the one that said, Please help me. I'm scared. I've never been this scared my entire life. After his dad heard that message, his parents immediately called the hotel and were told to call back later. After a little while, Mr. and Mrs. Russell did receive a phone call from the U.S. State Department informing them that her son had been hit by a truck and killed on April 14, 2005. Darren had made this call to his father three hours before his death. Can you fucking imagine, you guys? I just, I, his parents must have been terrified. And when someone dies here in the United States, it's a difficult process as it is. But having to deal with some consulate in another country and the U.S. State Department, which we already know is basically a shit show. I actually went searching for statistics on missing Americans abroad and apparently the State Department doesn't keep a record that way. They do it per country. So you can't find just like one number, how many Americans go missing per year. And as we get into it, I'm going to tell you how bad of a job the State Department is doing at keeping track of murdered Americans abroad. You think something as serious as murder would get them to have their eyes dotted and their T's crossed. But that is not the case. And Congress has actually been looking into the whole problem with the State Department on this. So after paying $10,000 to have Darren's body released from China... His family was able to have a burial in California. According to his mom, she said her and her husband were told they had to write a letter before their son's body would be released, stating they believed their son was in an accident and they would not pursue an investigation and or prosecution. Miss Russell indicates as she received little information about the details of her son's death, and the information she did receive was replete with inconsistencies and left many questions unanswered. So Darren was buried May 6, 2005 in Mission Hills, California, without an autopsy. The Russell family is Jewish, and in the, the Jewish faith, an autopsy is done only if there is a compelling reason. So not obtaining the valid answers she felt she needed regarding her son's death and the suspicious circumstances surrounding it, Miss Russell decided to have her son's body exhumed two years later and sought out a notable pathologist and expert witness in California, Dr. David Posey, to conduct an autopsy, and that was done on March 14, 2007. Dr. Posey determined the cause of death to be blunt forced trauma to the head and brain, and the manner of death, homicide. So right now, I'm going to read you some parts of that autopsy, it is a little graphic, so you have to put your big boy girl pants on. Do that, and we'll get into it. So here's the forensic pathologist summary. Based on these autopsy findings and the historical and clinical information available to me, in my opinion, Darren E. Russell, a 35-year-old gentleman, died as a result of blunt force trauma to the head and brain. Mr. Russell was teaching in China, and on the morning of April 14, 2005, he sustained severe blunt force injury to his head and brain, resulting in immediate unconsciousness and subsequent death. 
According to the Chinese officials, Darren was attempting to cross the street near the World Trade Center, located at Huanxi East Road in Guangzhou, China, when he was struck by a fast-moving truck. He was subsequently taken to Gongong Number no. 2 Hospital of Traditional Chinese Medicine by Gongzhou Emergency Center, where all efforts at resuscitation were unsuccessful. Mr. Russell was exhumed and autopsied on Wednesday, March 14, 2007. The autopsy findings, in conjunction with the photographs taken at the hospital in Groman's Mortuary in Mission Hills, California, disclosed injuries of blunt force trauma to the head and brain and recent craniotomy, but there is no evidence of injury to suggest that Mr. Russell was involved in a motor vehicle accident. The blunt force injuries consist of abrasions and lacerations of the scalp, skull fracture, with extension into the base, recent or acute, subdural and subarachnoid hemorrhage, contusions and lacerations of the right cerebrum, cerebral edema, herniation of the brain, and recent craniotomy with a large segment of the right calvaria missing. There are contusions on the anterior and posterior left shoulder, as well as contusions and edema on the dorsum of the right and left wrists and hands. The latter injuries are suggestive of defensive injuries. Right there, you guys, defensive injuries. There are no bumper injuries found on the body, and abrasions would be seen if Mr. Russell had been struck by a fast-moving truck or any other type of motor vehicle. It's like, okay, these pathologists aren't fucking idiots. It's like they're going to be able to tell the difference between a beating and someone getting smashed by a car, you know? So he goes on to say, incident reconstruction injury pattern analysis suggests Mr. Russell sustained a blow to his left chest, resulting in a fracture of rib 4, 5, and 6 with contusion of the underlying parietal pleura and left lung. Holy shit, so that was a hard enough blow to not only break the ribs, but to damage his left lung. Blunt force injury to the left side of his face. Blunt force injury to his left shoulder. The injury pattern on his head suggests he was either hit on the right side of his head or from behind by a blunt object, resulting in lethal injuries to his head and brain. So he also found a history of acute bronchitis. And it's found primarily in the left lung, and it was actually evolving into pneumonia in the left lung, suggesting either a pre-existing pneumonia or consistent with short-term survival, following the blunt force injury to his head and brain, resulting in a hospital-acquired or nosocomial infection. Nosocomial just literally means that hospital-acquired. The bronchitis and pneumonia did not cause or contribute to Mr. Russell's death. The pattern of injuries is not consistent with what would be expected from an accident, motor vehicle or otherwise. They go on to say the cause of death, blunt force trauma to the head and brain. Manner of death, homicide. So, right there. They can literally tell this guy was not hit by a car or a truck on a fucking freeway. It's pretty obvious this man was beaten to death. So, you would think the Americans the State Department, the consulate, something like that, would want to get to the bottom of it and investigate this case. And unfortunately, his mom, Maxine Russell, discovered quite the contrary. She's been roadblocked at every stop. 
by the American authorities and the Chinese authorities. And all she wants to do is find out what happened to her son. She wants the truth and she wants justice, just like any parent would. So let me tell you a little bit about the nightmare Maxine has experienced while trying to get to the truth of what happened to her son in China. Not only has Maxine spent thousands of dollars trying to get to the truth of this matter, she spent countless hours trying to contact the U.S. State Department, Congress. She's literally written thousands of letters to all Congress members trying to bring attention to the problem in China that, that some American teachers are facing. Now, if you go to the State Department's website, it literally states, some English teachers in China report contract disputes, often resulting in lost wages, forced eviction from university housing, and even threats of violence. The State Department takes the dangers so seriously, it offers a 4,966-word guide for prospective teachers. So it looks like this is a problem that other people are experiencing. And it seems like Darren Russell experienced everything the State Department has warned about. So it's like if the State Department knows there's a problem, if the State Department has gone so far to actually write a manual with 4,966 words to guide prospective teachers, do you think they would try to help someone, an American citizen, who was murdered there? And nothing like that's happened. Maxine has been stopped at every point. She actually showed up to the Chinese consulate in Los Angeles and somehow federal agents were at the door and escorted her off the campus. Now, how did the federal agents even know she was going to be there? All of this sounds like super murky government fuckery. Because back then, at the time, back in 2004, there were a lot of oil contract deals being negotiated between the Bush administration and China. And if they had a messy murder of an American citizen over there, it might make things difficult. It might make this billion-dollar deal in oil fall through. So it's probably that reason that the American Congress, the American State Department, and the Chinese officials are trying to cover up Darren Russell's death and say it was an auto accident. Even though we have autopsy proof that there is no way Darren was hit by a car. Now, there, we do have some photos that his mother was able to get. She put in many Freedom of Information Act requests and, you know, the, the State Department sat on it for months, didn't want to release any of the information. But slowly, she got some information. And I'm going to put some of these pictures up on the Instagram and the Parlor account. Now, in these pictures, Darren is like prone and it looks like he's like on a hospital bed and there's a nurse kind of leaning over him. There's like all of these cords and tubes kind of haphazardly placed on him. There's an EKG machine that's not even on, mind you. It just kind of looks like a staged photo. If you're skeptical about this, it's just, you know, some grieving mother going crazy and being hysterical. All you really have to do is look at the American pathologist's autopsy report to see that she is really onto something. And the fact that she was met at the Chinese consulate in LA by feds also makes me think she's being watched. 
They don't want her creating a fuss and sinking a billion dollar deal because as we know, a lot of motherfuckers in the United States care way more about money than they do human life. So kind of like what I was saying earlier, Maxine Russell has spent more than $4,000 for letters that she sent to every single member of Congress. She said she sent more than 2,000 packets to the media. She wrote to more than 200 universities and law schools and pro bono attorneys to get freedom of information requests granted. There is a tremendous confusion as far as protocol with the State Department, U.S. consulates, U.S. embassies. Congress must review the procedures in place for investigating the deaths of Americans abroad, as well as when American calls a U.S. consulate or U.S. embassy for help. There is no formal procedure for determining whether a case should be considered for criminal investigation, and it is unclear as to who makes the decisions related to those cases. In Darren's case, neither the FBI or the diplomatic security branch were involved in the investigative process at any time, or they weren't even involved in the situation before any possible trail of evidence could be followed. So what Maxine wants at this point is she wants truthful answers from the investigation that she's been told is being done by the Supreme People's Protocuratorate in China. A U.S. government accountability office investigation should answer all pertinent questions in order for the U.S. State Department, U.S. consulates, and U.S. embassies to clearly define protocols for cases involving emergencies and murder investigations that involve Americans. Miss Russell, Maxine, believes there should be testimony from others so people can be educated about the dangers of teaching in China. In addition, she feels there should be a travel warning that lists all previous statistics for deaths of Americans in China. Like I said a little bit earlier on the beginning of the show, if you try to search on the State Department's website for statistics related to American deaths or missing Americans abroad, It's literally impossible to get an idea of the number of deaths of all the countries in the world that Americans are going missing or murdered in. Maxine was told that the U.S. consulate in Guangzhou, China, didn't even keep phone logs of emergency calls such as Darren's, which is kind of crazy because the hotel phone records show Darren tried to call his parents 60 times in 19 hours. So obviously something was terribly wrong. And if a hotel can keep these type of records, why can't the U.S. consulate? Why can't these people get their shit together? Probably because it was a cover-up and they don't want the records released. It just makes me kind of like sick and sad that time after time we elect these officials that literally care more about business deals and money then the citizens, they were elected to, you know, put their interests first and look out for them. It's just, that's like I keep saying, it's not the case with our politicians any longer. They're looking out for themselves. They're looking out for money and power and damned be the citizens. They just want the power and money. And this is the kind of stuff that needs to stop in the United States of America. I don't know how many times I got to scream it from the rooftop, but our political system needs a complete makeover from bottom to top. Just oust these people that I've proven time and time again. They don't care about U.S. citizens, and all they care about is money and power. It's it's literally disgusting. It And it's 
Just what America was not supposed to be about. I don't know how many times I've got to say that too. But something's got to change in our system, guys. Or we're headed to something even worse than we are right now at the end of 2020. Maxine Russell has said that her life has been changed forever. She's been working 20 hours a day with only 4 hours of sleep. But she's on a quest for justice. She says she's learned the most important way to survive and continue is to find things that give her a purpose. Without that, the grief would be overwhelming. She says she has the same routine every night before she goes to sleep. She prays to God for strength, justice, and for all of her friends and family and the military. The Russell family is super active with helping out different parts of the military. I know that they have donated money to this program that basically gives dogs to soldiers that are suffering from PTSD. Her family has sent care packages to different groups in the military. They're just really active supporting our military. And that just makes the situation that much worse. They've had the back of different Americans that they don't even know. And when it comes time that they need some help from our officials, they've been stopped and roadblocked at every point, every step of the way. But Maxine goes on to say, I stick out my outstretched arm and I ask Darren to hold it. I tell him how much I miss him and my life will never be the same. She says she prays for Darren to be at peace in heaven. So I'm going to continue on with Darren's case. There is so much more that goes into this that I can cover in just, you know, one 30-minute segment or one 25-minute segment. So there will be updates on this case because it's an ongoing investigation. His death is still at this point, you know, 16 years later, registered as an accident. And everybody that has read his autopsy, that has spoken to Maxine, knows that that is not true and it's just an absolute lie. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. And right now, we are going to get into some updates from some previous cases. So we're going back to the Alexis Sharkey case. There's not really been any updates as far as the police naming a suspect, but her mom has actually come out and she said she finally got to hold a viewing and say goodbye after a more than two week fight with her daughter's uncooperative husband. She stated she wanted to bring her daughter's remains home to Pennsylvania from Houston, where the 26-year-old naked body was found on the side of the road late last month. She said her 49-year-old son-in-law, Tom Sharkey, initially seemed cooperative and on board with the plan. As her husband, he would have primary custody and would determine what happened with her. And he said all along that he was willing to let her come home. But Sharkey instead completely cut communication. Her mom had nearly given up hope of being able to lay her daughter to rest until the medical examiner eventually made her next of kin. After two weeks of no response from the widower, her husband, she goes on to say, I didn't think I was going to get her and I'd actually given up hope when all of a sudden the forensic lab called me. It was just very strange. I'd almost call it a fight to get her. So they did a range of viewing last Friday with some of her late daughter's friends flying to Houston to say their final goodbyes. It was, I guess, apparently very private. It was just the very closest of family and friends. So the report didn't say what happened to the body after the viewing, but it is noted that an autopsy has yet to be released as an ongoing investigation awaits the result of a toxicology report. So it seems like there's a bunch of infighting going on. 
I did notice there was a post the other day, and let me just read this to you because it strikes me as super strange. So, here we go. There are a lot of different wiki links talking about who is Alexis Sharke. Unfortunately, a lot of the info in these links are incorrect, and her sisters would like to set the record straight. Lexi had blue eyes, light brown hair, and was around 5'6 tall. She had two younger sisters, Toby and Riley. Lexi was not born in Houston, Texas. She was living in Houston less than a year. She was born in Youngsville, Pennsylvania. Lexi was not a model, nor was she an influencer. She was an extremely successful executive director with Monat, operating close to seven-figure monthly business. Lastly, she did not have any children, ever. I don't know who came up with that, but it's not true. So I thought that was super strange, but let's do some math real quick. And this math, I didn't do it because I suck at math. I'm getting this from another person. This is uh, off Reddit. Empire88 did the math for me. <laughs> so seven figures is greater than a million dollars. There's 30 days in one month. One million divided by 30 days equals $33,333 a day in sales. Monet's most expensive product is $278. It's called Be Balanced Routine Skin Kit. But see, a majority of their products are in the $40 to $65 range. So let's do a little more math. $33,333 divided by 278 is 119 of these kits, or about 650 products on a typical day. So it just doesn't seem possible. But it's like, who fucking cares? Why are you talking about how much money this girl made? And if she made this seven-figure monthly income... Why was she living in kind of a rundown apartment with this husband guy that everyone seems to have turned on at this point? Like I said a couple episodes ago, there's just a lot of information and misinformation floating around about the Alexis Sharkey case. And a lot of it is her so-called friends, these girls from Houston, these other girls that basically look like wannabe influencers, they're the ones going to the media trying to get on the news to talk about Alexis. And it just reeks of them trying to get their own clout off the back of Alexis's murder. Which, to me, is cheap and just like, fucking grow up, you nasty girls. And maybe go read a book. Stop fucking looking in the mirror and carrying, you know, I gotta weigh three pounds. I gotta look super hot for the guys to want to fuck me. Fucking get it together. Your friend was murdered. Stop going on the news and talking all this stuff about her. It's not cool. I'm sure she would not appreciate most of what you girls are saying. So as more updates come in in the Alexis Sharkey case, I will make sure to keep you guys updated and let you know what's going on. That about wraps up this week's episode of Vanished in the Valley. I know I wasn't around last week. You know, I had a bunch of stuff going on for Christmas. I ended up going to Nevada and I finally got these pictures taken of the NCCA sticker that I was sent by National Concealed Carry Association. Those pictures are up on the Instagram account as well as the parlor account. Go check them out. It has me and my boyfriend Garrett in one of them and it's just me kind of posing with this badass revolver. Go there, check it out, tell me what you think. You can also email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or get a hold of me at the Instagram account which is vanishedinthevalleyathena or in the parlor account also at vanishedinthevalleyathena. 
you guys, you should really support the Second Amendment because if the government disarms us, I don't even know what's going to happen. That was like one of the founding tenets of this country is to be able to bear arms in case our government became tyrannical. They're chipping away at it, especially here in California, where people that obey laws really can't own guns. It's almost impossible to get a concealed carry permit, but criminals have no problem at all carrying guns around every single day. Like when I'm in Oakland, I hear gunshots literally every single day. I live in what's called Area 5, and we have the most gunshots of any area in Oakland, and it's increased like 75% this year. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with everybody being out of work and being stuck at home, losing money, losing their houses, and being broke. It makes people angry. It's causing despair. It's causing the suicide rates to jump to ridiculously high rates. I mean, I get it. It's not good for anybody's morale. It's making abuse rates, child sex exploitation rates, domestic abuse rates. All of this stuff is going up while these lockdowns are in place. But, you know, we're at the tail end of 2020, and I'm really hoping next year <laughs> stuff gets a little bit better. Maybe uh, this recall Gavin Newsom thing can go through and we can get this guy out of office once and for all. But it's really important that everybody supports our Second Amendment rights. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they're chipping away at just our human rights of being an American citizen. I mean, if you would have thought about this like two, three years ago... Would you ever have thought that you were going to be ordered to shelter in place for fucking nine months? Well, not really getting any help from the government. We got $1,200 at the beginning of this thing, but here we are nine months later and nothing else has been given to us. And people's businesses have been shut down. Stuff they've been working on for 20 years of their life has been destroyed. And there's just like no end in sight to this. So it's been crazy, guys. I don't know. But what I can tell you for sure is to be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. Are you lost?